Welcome all you Plus 2 Comedy Modifiers to another episode of the Plus 2 Comedy Podcast. I'm your host as always, TV's Noah Houlihan. Before we get to our fantastic episode with the returning Uncle Yo recorded live at Anime Next, I gotta tell you about some upcoming shows. Coming up this very weekend, that's June 24th through the 26th, is Too Many Games. We will be there, Uncle Yo will be there, there will be stand-up comedy, there will be Game the Gamer, there will be improv comedy, and there will be some cosplay pro wrestling, which we get into here on the show. And breaking format, this episode of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast is brought to you by Sage the Cosplayer. He's the host of the second best dating game show in the country behind uh, Plus Two Comedy, of course as well as multiple fandom-related and tutorial panels. So join him for the cosplay dating game at Too Many Games on June 24th through the 26th. And if you want him at one of your events, you can contact him on Facebook or on Tumblr at SageTheCosplayer. That ends with an A. He also runs a group and meetup page that I'm part of called Full Frontal Nerdity Deluxe on Facebook. So you should join that too. Back to the shows... Come see us at DexCon. Yes, DexCon runs June 29th through to July 3rd in Morristown, New Jersey. We're doing stand-up. We're doing improv. We're doing a pun competition. We're doing At Midnight, and we're doing Game the Gamer twice with a brand new, never-before-seen tag team edition. So please come out and see us at DexCon can't make it to that, please check us out in Runnymede, New Jersey, July 23rd and 24th for New Jersey GamerCon. It's going to be a fantastic time full of comedy. Also, a special edition of this very podcast with the creators of some of your favorite video games. So please head on over to njgamercon.com. And finally, you can, of course, come see us at Otacon in Baltimore, Maryland at the Baltimore Convention Center, August 12th through the 14th. And now... A special announcement. Ooh, faked you out. Just so you guys know, we recorded a little extra after we were told to leave. So uh, don't tune out of the podcast early. There's a little special bonus at the end. And also a big thank you to Anime Next. We kind of poked some fun at their scheduling, but we had a fantastic time. We always love Anime Next, so thank you so much for having us. And now, without any further ado, take it away, Kirby Crackle. Who's ready for a podcast? Yeah, that was a surprisingly large amount of energy for eight people at 10.30 in the morning on a Sunday. This is the Plus Two Comedy Podcast coming to you live from Anime Next. All right, you cheered more for the event than us, but I'll forgive you guys. I'm your host, as always, TV's Noah Houlihan. I am joined by the 12.15 a.m. panel to my 10.30 a.m. panel. Mr. Will Liam, how you doing, Will? Uh, our guest brought us muffins, and they are scrumptious. <laughs> I like to call them scrumpfins. Uh, our our guest this week is returning to the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. Uh, he is a stand-up comedian. Please give it up for Uncle Yo. 
I do love going. Uh, I do love going back and forth on this, and I also feel it's terrifying that any new people that walk into the room, we have to let them know the Sailor Moon panel was canceled, and it is just white guys doing doing the whitest things since golf frisbee, which is podcasting. Yes, uh, it just I, happens when we get together. I was pretty worried when you guys. You guys were warned? Oh, All right, God. thank God. Oh, thank uh, God. For the audio listeners, a bunch of uh, Sailor Moon cosplayers just walked in. <laughs> Smiling, I was like, oh, we're about to dash oh. their dreams. But, it, but it's neat. Like it, It's neat our uh, podcast history together um, because right, right as you guys were starting off with, uh, with, with Plus Two, I had you guys on We Are the Geek before uh, mm-hmm. that one got uh, canceled and, and revamped. And I've, I've done the live show with you guys at Jester's. Mm-hmm. But, but we usually do this. I'm sorry, I'm eating a bagel. I'm starving. <laughs> we usually How do this. Professional Noah. I know. <laughs> yes, yes. We always do the Plus Two Comedy Podcast live. We do it with a live crowd in an active uh, board game store, and uh, the people there are usually not excited to see us. So it's good <laughs> to have a, a crowd of people that are actually excited. Where they're to interrupting see us. their weekly Warhammer painting mm-hmm. yep. and gathering, mm-hmm. and and their and their weekly hour long setup. Yeah, so <laughs> you had to play a horde-based army, really? Skavens versus orcs. We might as well have just started setting up um, Eldritch Knights. <laughs> we go to a convention called Dexcon every year, and they have the biggest Warhammer setup I've ever seen. I used to play Warhammer, and my girlfriend goes, and I was talking about how awesome it looks. She's like, "Why don't you play?" I was like, "Because I know what will happen." One dice is rolled, and they go, "Well, how's that supposed to work?" Rule books break out, and then they argue for four hours. Yep. If you guys have never been to Dexcon, come to Dexcon. It's the greatest gaming convention you'll ever go to. It's that in North Jersey. That was the very first time I ever got up on a stage in a poison mushroom t-shirt to specifically tell nerd jokes to a room full of nerds. It was Dexcon? It what? was Dexcon. So I started um, by staffing Anime Next from 2006 through, through like 2009, and I had only the half an hour demo CD that I had made with my roommate at SUNY Purchase. Okay. While I was while I was there, I was going to hand out the the CD to people who who were in charge of Anime Next and in charge of all these other conventions. So I had like ten copies of them. I was going to hand out and try to figure out how do I go to cons, but not pay for the cons. Yes. And yes. I saw a line of conventions. So I found Zenkai Con. I found an upcoming show called Setsu Con, and I found a Tiny. Um, back when he was well, when he was running Dexcon, I handed him my CD, oh, yeah, and he said, me. "So Dexcon starts this Thursday." And I thought, because I had already booked ZenkaiCon at this point, I had another two months to get good at doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> I had two months to get, to be able to become a comedian. And he said, "So it's Thursday, and this was Sunday." So I had a f- so I had one more uh, so I had f- three or four days to work uh, up in White Plains write up like 10 minutes of jokes and then drive down. I wrote them all on the drive down yeah. <laughs> from my friend Becca and I, I was part of like 10 minutes of opening ceremonies and I was terrified. So all I, all I could do was, was throw some ideas together and I ended up with this rhyming couplet story that was the, uh, the LARPer wedding vow and I ended up finding it again in my notes. Rewrote change like hunter to assassin and use that to officiate the League of Legends wedding that I officiated in Pittsburgh this year. Oh my god. There was a League of Legends wedding during the cosplay masquerade. Like the the ring man, the ring bearer was a five year old dressed as Timo. It was so beautiful. 
She comes on. She's like Cassiopeia, which is like the Naga snake lady. So she has both a a, a veil, which is a giant cobra hood, and a tail that's five feet of those uh, scale mail things that you grab at a, at a Ren fair trailing behind her. She weighs more than her bridal party combined because there's so much fake metal on her. So she can't move her legs because the dress is so tight, and she's also, you know, a snake woman. So she's slithering across the stage. The husband has the calmest look on his face for a man about to be joined to a woman and live the true 4chan waifu fantasy. This is my wife. Watch as she stumbles towards me. She's never looked more beautiful. He's not in costume. He's just in a tux. And his mom's like, what is this? He's like, I don't know. It's a game she plays. (laughs) She was very insistent. Well, well. So she's four days away from delivering their sec their second kid, the their, daughter, their who's bundle all- of snake babies, <laughs> <laughs> who's already named after another League of Legends hero. Like uh, these people love that game. God bless. I them still for just it. think he's a super tolerant husband. Just like, <laughs> he's right. gonna be. You know, you know that as as more nerds become parents, yes. I've noticed this because I remember talking to my girlfriend and saying, "Hey, just so you know, uh, if we ever have a kid, we're naming him Cloud." <laughs> and and like this was years ago, and now I'm like, man, that's going to be a real weird name. Well, the remake's coming out, so it's not too bad. <laughs> it's terrible, but it, but for us culturally, there are some nerd names you have to avoid, like Luke or Leia, even if you're trying to hide it in the middle name, because it's like kids who were born in the '90s. If their parents did not have television and named their kid either Bart, Lisa, Maggie, or Homer. There yeah. has to, there's like a 23-year-old Homer wandering around <laughs> who hates life itself, <laughs> who hates himself. People either say, hey, I love the Odyssey or, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's mostly Odyssey yeah. stuff. Like, oh, I yeah, didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to see you guys yeah, it's again. It's good to see you. Uh, real quick, I, I want to say that I went to college with a kid named Gandalf. Ooh, nice. And it was, it was real sad just because every time he – introduced himself to someone it was hey my name's Gandalf and the person always responded with no really what's your name (laughs) (laughs) Gandalf but but now I got that story out yo it is fantastic to see you I haven't seen you in quite some time I know I know are are we still going at each other with chairs in a couple of weeks? Yes, we are, okay. which is very exciting. I mean, I mean, technically we're not, but who knows what will happen in the world of wrestling? Uh, we all became professional wrestlers recently, mm-hmm. uh, and it, all that takes is to be in a wrestling ring. Yeah, it's not going to be certified. It's awesome. <laughs> you show up. <laughs> yeah, uh, for those of you who, who who are not in the wrestling world, uh, it is surprisingly easy to get into professional wrestling. Uh, these guys have been in it for about a year now. I've technically been in professional wrestling for six years. And uh, the way I did that was my friend was a wrestler, and we went to a show once, and the referee didn't show up. And somebody walked up to me and said, Noah, you count to three? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can. He's like, all right, put on the zebra shirt. You're in. I was like, oh, so all right. So you bring the shirt, up? and you lie about your no- your your, your uh, numerical efficiency. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And... True story, my, th- at my third show that I got booked on, because I did one show, which got me booked on a second show. <laughs> the second show got me booked in Philadelphia on pay-per-view. Three shows, and I was on pay-per-view. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And uh, I don't know if I ever told this story on the show, so I'll tell it real quick. Uh, the main event for Dangerous Women of Wrestling, which was the company I worked for, uh, was G.I. Ho versus Candy. 
And uh, one of them didn't, and G.I. Ho was unable to attend. Uh, so uh, Candy beat up a crippled guy. Uh, and then from the crowd, WWE one-legged superstar Zach Gowan jumped the uh, barricade, and that was the main event that I hosted. And they're like, all right, just so you know, you have to get kicked in the nuts during this. I was like, if I have to, <laughs> I guess I have to. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really easy so to get into wrestling. One, so so a, a one-legged professional wrestler beat up a woman named Candy? That sounds like a Florida man tweet. Yeah, I know. It, it was, <laughs> that sounds it like was three insane. Florida man tweets combined. The, the <laughs> end of the match was I had to take his prosthetic leg away because he was using it as a weapon. And then he got rolled up and beaten. And then I got attacked, which made me upset. So when he pinned her again, I was like, we're changing this. <laughs> and I counted to three. I looked like the worst referee because it was clear I didn't, I didn't know any of the rules. It's like, yeah, now they're the winner. Whatever. I got punched and I'm mad. <laughs> Just so you know, that amount of effort and stories is pretty much what it takes to get into uh, anime conventions, stand-up comedy, professional wrestling, podcasting, and politics. <laughs> Difference is you ended up on TV way faster. Way too fast. <laughs> we but, weren't ready. Uh, to avoid spoilers, I won't. I won't give details. But our next show is uh, the Too Many Games Expo in Oaks, PA, and uh, Uncle Yo will be Uncle Yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It will be officially me. Yes, and not some handsome Zolf, uh, Zolstig gentleman wearing my tie. <laughs> yes. Uh, which you said you need it for an interview. Like, why would you lie about, <laughs> about needing to borrow one why of my ties? Why can't you buy a silver have, tie on your own? <laughs> I have three of them. <laughs> it's I not authentic. It. Recently at Castle Point, uh, my character is Giovanni from Pokemon. <laughs> and uh, Giovanni hates Uncle Yo. Mm-hmm. We, just, we just cannot get along. And uh, I challenged Uncle Yo to a street fight. Uh, which he did not show up for. I was doing another con at another, at, 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 you know, two states over. But I, I, can, I can Skype in. <laughs> I, I have Skyped into multiple cons before, but I can't Skype into something physical. Yeah, it's I hard to good. Skype yes, wrestle. I tried it once with Double Darren Family Feud. It got confusing. <laughs> I'm just poking the webcam. Like, yeah, take that. <laughs> uh, but since he couldn't show up, uh, we had, uh, he's sitting right there, our resident fake Uncle Yo show up in a tie and beg for forgiveness, and then I, I beat him up in the ring. I watched the video. You are the deplorable <laughs> in yeah. it. I He's- was there, and I was like, Noah's got some issues with Carl. <laughs> He's got to work out, I think, because this is disturbing. Uh, so, uh, officially, uh, Giovanni will not be appearing at too many games, but you never know what's going to happen in the world of wrestling. Just so you know, yesterday, while, while emceeing the wonderful masquerade here at Anime Next, I gave my MC award to a Team Rocket skit. Oh, excellent. That had 12 people on stage. It was fantastic. <laughs> I, love whenever, I love whenever just massive groups get together and commit to doing a, a synchronized dance. It always makes me so happy. Yeah. That's what wrestling is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a large group of people doing a dance. <laughs> and it's great, just so you know, like I get a call at least once a week from Mike, the guy who books it, who's like, okay. Do you think if I put you and Uncle Yo in a cage match, you could pull it off? <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I do indoor rock climbing. I will be scuttling along the surface. I will, it'll no. be like the first Spider-Man movie from 2002. <laughs> you Bone saw is ready. Yeah, 
You want a D&D encounter, I will be hiding in the corner ready to pounce on you like a panther. Mike is not a welder. That You're going to go up one side and it's just going to go. <laughs> it's just going to fall over. But like it's constant. It's like, I'm thinking ladder match. Do you guys think you can pull that off? I was like, no. <laughs> we look like us. Come on. <laughs> this is the level of physicality. We're both somewhere between scrawny fat and stop giving it up. You're this close to your 30s. Oh, my God. He's climbing the ladder. He's he's winded halfway. He's winded halfway. <laughs> Maybe a stepladder match. Yeah, yeah let's do a stepladder match. One yeah. Those plastic stools when like kids are learning to brush their teeth, like what I used to use for my insta flip a table. <laughs> for like a year, I had a gag that required me to flip a table. So as a gag, I would either drag the heaviest table the convention could afford me because I love inconveniencing staff, or I would bring yeah. this tiny plastic table. And one show, I stood up on it, and being over thirty pounds mm-hmm. by thirty pounds cubed it just crushed underneath me it's too I early went, for math yeah like i was gonna use it as a soapbox use that gag collapse and the the show before i had flipped it lost track of where it had gone in the air and it landed three feet behind me perfectly up like it didn't land on its side it just landed thump, as if i had just tossed it up and it landed on his feet like a cat and i didn't notice it until i tripped over it Oh, that is priceless. It was the it was the best prop. It was it, I had the same relationship to that thing as I did you cuz it's either like we either destroy each other or we just we just one up each other and accidentally stumble cuz we're both that clumsy. I should have just given it glasses and swoofy hair. Well, I, I think this this clearly means that we need to have a tables match. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> That we should needs play the Japanese. Happen. There, there's an arcade game. Oh, I've played this game. The table. Yeah. The, oh, it's I sadly was the not here. Bride. Oh, it oh, is it the is. table flipping game. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. If you if you if you haven't played it, you bang on the table to get everyone's attention, and then you flip a table, and that's the whole game. <laughs> I was the angriest bride. <laughs> your, your choice are dinner table, uh, wedding, office, or funeral. Yes. You can be the old man's ghost who flips his own coffin onto the onlookers, which is how we all want to go out. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. It really we'll give does. you grandkids a story. <laughs> don't, you don't remember me? I walked the earth in 2010. I was there for the boy band wars. Subs ah! oh. <laughs> versus Dobbs. <laughs> Never forget. Uh, now, you have a new podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, dude. Um, so in, in preparation for this hour-and-a-half-long panel I'm giving it at Kineticon, so I've always been a tabletop RPG guy. Right. Coming from a theater and an improv background, and for the last five years, I got embraced by the world of darkness. The people who do Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Forsaken, well, they relaunched 20-plus years of literature when they did the new world of darkness. And since 2003, they've been releasing a game every two or three years or so. So I've been reading all of those core books, which consistently have a a very similar world, a very similar blanket. The idea is, why don't you just play the villains? So there's a game where you are just a vampire. The games where you are the werewolf, where you are a Frankenstein-esque monster. And I always wanted to do it with the the narrative fluff of it. Because what I love about those worlds the most is how many talented writers they get to write essentially fan fiction about their own world and their own universe. Sometimes talking about the powers, most of the time not. The books are, they're run by the storytelling system. The the dungeon master is more the storyteller. Their their job is more to guide people into making really difficult, internally conflicting choices. So within the storytelling system, my favorite game of the the new series was called Geist. You have to imagine (laughs) it's like Persona meets Ghostbusters, but so much more dark and grisly. You die... Some ghost grabs you right at the 
right when you're about to fall and says, I can bring you back to life, but I got to come along for the ride too. So you're living for two, and one of those is, you know, a cannibalistic ghost that has issues with being alive and wants to live through you. And if you don't do what it wants, you might not be able to defend yourself from the other ghosts that are now coming after you. So the new podcast is from is I'm calling it the Chroniclers of Darkness. Okay. It's set within Geist the Sin Eaters. It's called the Tombstone Kings of Queens. I've got three episodes out now. It's a narrative serial horror podcast. After the six-episode miniseries, as if I'm running a, a tabletop RPG, I'm going to ask the listeners, what game do we go into next? Who takes over the story from there? Who becomes the main character now? Okay. So any, so it becomes much more of a live narrative sandbox set in Modern Queen. So I'm filming on location within the cafes and the construction sites and the places in town as background noise where the scenes take place. Interesting. That's a lot easier than editing. It is. (laughs) And I'm still editing, and we're still uh, doing original music for it. If you just contact people over Bandcamp and tell them you run a podcast, they know you have no money. They'll just give you their music. Yeah, they are super nice about that. It's crazy. (laughs) What's that? Paid an exposure. It worked great for Spider-Man on Team Tony. (laughs) I love that Tony Stark seduced Peter Parker with basically an unpaid internship and exposure. Yeah. Like, he basically sat down and, like, clickbaited, ever wonder what Scarlet Witch looks like without makeup? Join Team Tony to find out. <laughs> You're a millennial. This will work. And and also the very important detail of not letting Spider-Man tell his origin story, which is my favorite part of that whole thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I became Spider-Man. It's, it was really tough when, no, 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 no. We don't care. We all know. <laughs> Move your leg. I want to sit down. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you, just can't, you just can't tell my hot aunt, who's now Marissa Tomei, who stole the scene from Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Three Iron Man movies, and Marissa Tomei steals the scene from Iron Man. I love it. <laughs> I love the new Iron Man movie, which is what it is. <laughs> it's an Iron Man movie. Yeah, Team Tony. You didn't see it as like Greatest Generation versus the Millennials? Because hmm. Cap and his team are still fighting the Cold War. They still don't <laughs> trust the Ruskies. They're just leftover, they're leftovers from the greatest generation. Iron Man comes in. He's got, like, t- three robots, one of them an actual um, uh, uh, artificial intelligence, two black guys on his team, one from Africa, because he's, like, this genius billionaire philanthropist uh, silicon He's a millennial, basically. He freaks out. The, the whole conflict is he's worried about his relationship status with Captain America. Because okay. it's like, is, is Cap bi or is he poly? Or no, I thought we were best friends. So the whole war starts because, wow, why aren't we best friends anymore? It's millennials versus greatest generation. You lost me somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> Going strong. I, I was there until, are you bi? And I was like, I don't remember that coming up at all. Okay. <laughs> I think you're I've, reading into this too much. So I've not seen the other two Captain America movies. I only get them from what he's, Catherine tells me. And he's a, not Bone and Bucky, if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> you know what? I'm not. <laughs> I've seen those movies, and I'm not sure. <laughs> he's been searching for them. They haven't had time. Chris Evans can't stand next to a handsome person without the internet. Like, oh, you know what they're doing. <laughs> you guys know what's up. He just has that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I saw him at uh, at Wizard World recently, and it was just like he was—he's far too attractive of a man. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, apparently, it was like two hundred dollars to get a picture with him, and I was like, "No, I'm sorry, Chris Evans." And then I saw everyone else's pictures, and they're all hugging Chris Evans, and I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> I want, that's I, not what was advertised. I, yeah, I didn't know it was a two hundred dollar hug because that is <laughs> that is you were underselling this. 
<laughs> I paid more for less satisfying hugs. It's like th- this could do very well. Yeah, th- apparently there was also a few uh, uh, Loki Thor hug sandwiches that were being sold. I was like, oh my god, how did people just not explode? <laughs> so I'd want to be on the Thor side because I imagine Hiddleston's got some boniness going on. <laughs> Ooh, this is uncomfortable. A bag of Asgardian antlers. <laughs> So what do you got coming up next, yo? What do you, what's your tour look like this year? Uh, I'm going to see you guys at too many games. Woo-hoo. Um, then I've got Kineticon. Uh, my summer remains pretty empty right now. I'm talking to a couple of shows in August. Um, we'll see. But for the most part, I'm just kind of keeping to the tri-state area. I'm putting a lot of energy into Tombstone Kings of Queens. And the new thing that I'm doing, um, I'm, I'm producing audiobooks for Audible.com. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, am, I am reading and trying to desperately corner the market on western base. um Yowie smut science fiction novels. Nice. That what? is all. That is all accurate. I'm not using. I mean, I'm not using like my my real name for it. I'm using my brother-in-law's name for it. And <laughs> just in like another year or so, his boss will have to do a Google search. Like, Ooh, <laughs> is this you or is someone trying to ruin your life? It'll be both. <laughs> It's brother. It's brotherly love. I grew. I I, I grew up surrounded by sisters. As you, as as you know, I, I have six sisters, and I'm right in the middle. Yep. So I've never had the experience of truly harassing a brother. Oh yeah, because brothers fight so dirty on every caliber of it. Very true. Very true. We're mean people. And uh, I would like to say, if you're interested in listening to Uncle Yo on Audible, click the link below and get a 30 day free trial <laughs> from Audible.com through the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. Thank you. Sponsored. I, I thought we were brought by. Aren't you guys sponsored by Squarespace? No, I've no. never been sponsored by Squarespace. My favorite thing, if you, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but whatever, uh, I can cut it out later. I opened a Fiverr store so people could just buy ads on my podcast, and the people who buy ads through Fiverr don't really understand it. <laughs> so, uh, like, I've I've gotten a guy who's like, "Yeah, uh, I'm an actor. Can you give me some actor like jobs?" Probably not. Yeah, one <laughs> guy wanted a script treatment. Can you yeah. climb a cage? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or come on. a ladder? But yeah, there's there's one of the episodes is just me being like, man, this guy's a great actor. You should see him. He played villain number one in this movie you've never heard of. You should totally hire him. He was a lead. Five dollars, please. <laughs> in a student thesis film. But You're but if you jobs. think it's a good idea, please give me five dollars and you can be a <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> Plus, do comedy podcast. Awesome. What about what about you guys? Uh, we're going. Uh, let's see. Next week is our only week off, and then it's too many games. Then DexCon, uh, then New Jersey GamerCon in July, and then that Oticon thing. <laughs> and then the South Jersey Library. Oh yeah, we're doing a library. <laughs> Tom's River. No, it's in Cape no. May. Now in Cape May. Oh, nice. And they're like, <laughs> they, they asked us to interview the voice actress of Pikachu. And I was like, yeah, we are there. And then they're like, ah, they canceled. Now you're the biggest guest at this convention. Yeah, they brought Ooh. in. They named like three big guests. Like, you can have them on the podcast. It'll be awesome. Like, we're in. Ah, uh, we lied. It's just you. <laughs> you can interview uh, Miriam, the librarian. Who's <laughs> <laughs> ready for a podcast? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Reading, <laughs> but at at, uh, at New Jersey GamerCon, we're doing a podcast with the guy who created Cubert and the guy who created Rampage. You Ooh. have made it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to ask the guy who created Cubert about the movie Pixels. 
<laughs> I was like, what did you do? <laughs> Is that canon? Why did you allow this? Rampage was the first video game that I, I ever beat. My cousin and I decided to stay up and say, this game gets relatively easy if you know how to play. Yeah. Which is pretty self-explanatory. It's it's every child's dream. <laughs> just keep going, but it never it never gives you an indicator within the game of how far along are you. So we just mm-hmm. said, let's just do this because we're eleven. We don't sleep unless necessary. Yep. And it says congratulations, and then the startup screen again. And that's it. Yep. I've, I've beaten Rampage as well. Like we got the good ending. <laughs> <laughs> you you get to go to you go to the moon. <laughs> and that's the last level, and it's the coolest level, and it's only once do you get to see it. And it's like, oh, I guess we're done. Okay. <laughs> Which, But speaking of Rampage, did you hear that they're making a Rampage movie? Go- yeah, I- Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> no, it, but there's a so third one. because Hollywood, you don't know whether you're reading an article from Hollywood Insider, TheOnion.com, <laughs> BuzzFeed, or Adam Ruins Everything. It's It can be up in the air <laughs> Everywhere. So that's that's canon. There is a Rampage film. Yes, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. As the monkey or the lizard? I don't know. It, or, or possibly person being swallowed. There should be, yeah, there should be no people in this movie. <laughs> There's no reason to ever include a person in a Rampage movie. What are they going to do? Like, they tried to do it with the new Godzilla movie, where it was like, uh, the it was like, the Hurt Locker, The Incredible Journey, Homeward Bound Home, where it was just a guy with white guy with no neck. He, his dad's Brian Cranston. He's dead. He tries to get back home, and that's the whole movie. And then some, at some point, Godzilla shows up, but it feels like he has no point in his own movie. It's just him and Ken Watanabe. You are nailing this. I sadly hate no. in the background, Wrong. Wrong. I sadly love in the background movie. asking, am I still in the movie? Can <laughs> I go home? Can I still you eat at the craft table? <laughs> yeah. How are you in the – because he's, he's glowing. Globe, he's globe jumping. Like they, they check in on all the world's different um, – because, of course, they always do. They, they check in like the United States and, and, and the Japanese and, for some reason, the, the English parliament. And in every scene, the camera lingers just long enough for Ken Watanabe to walk in the background, not know he's on camera, put his cup of coffee down. Uh, um, Godzilla. He cuts away. Yeah. Oh, it was he should have been in film. costume in every place. Like he has a kimono on him. <laughs> they cut to the English Parliament. He's like, mm. he's dressed as Winston Churchill by accident. <laughs> this was in my contract. <laughs> well, I like the big line is "Let them fight" because the full line is "Let them fight." The audience is getting bored. <laughs> Nothing has happened for a way too long time. Guys, come on! It was just him, like talking to the director. Like, Ryan this movie is already work. dead. <laughs> The Godzilla movie, from Godzilla's perspective, is Godzilla wakes up, he fights a giant, he cock blocks a giant cockroach, mm-hmm. yep. steps on it, mm-hmm. yells loud at another cockroach, mm-hmm. takes a nap, wakes up and swims home. Yeah. yeah. That's how they had Godzilla. That is the movie. He's yeah. too badass if the movie's about him. It would take five minutes. It had to be about some white guy. <laughs> <laughs> I fully support this. But you you know that that white guy is supposed to be Godzilla because they do that one shot where he falls over and Godzilla falls over and they look in each other's eyes like, We're drift compatible, buddy. <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> like, the, no, yeah, I get you, man. There's a eye contact and it's even worse than like Cap and Bucky. We got I was going to say, you think Chris Evans is boning them both? <laughs> Like you got this, you got this, white guy. No, you're Godzilla. Kill the giant. You're cockroach. gonna take care of this. I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> I have a wife and family. I technically had Godzuki. No one remembers that series. I remember Godzuki. <laughs> yeah, he had a little kid. Yeah. 
Godzuki. <laughs> piece of crap. Do you guys remember Godzuki? Do <laughs> yeah, right, you good. guys remember Godzilla's child? <laughs> Cartoon Network would play it. Like it was like it was a green dar- Barney the dinosaur who fl- who could gl- fly with these tiny. It looked more like unkept arm hair, but it was like these little fins under his arm. Oh he could no, fly. that's not. He could either okay. call Godzilla by screaming, or the scientists had a button to call Godzilla, and half the time the damn button would break, so they'd rely on Godzuki. Don't let Godzilla go home. If you're always <laughs> fighting something massive, it's like forming Voltron. Don't disassemble Voltron. You're just going to need him in five minutes. It's like when you store the vacuum cleaner in the top shelf of the closet, but you own a cat and a dog in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> no, no, just leave it out, honey. We're going to use it again. <laughs> well, you bring Godzilla's a, a vacuum cleaner now. I, I love, like, the plot points that they had to show to, like, stop things from being too simple. Because my favorite is in Power Rangers when they're like, you're not allowed to use the Zords <laughs> until they get big. It's like, well, we could just step on this and save the world. No, that would be f- unfair to the, the evil monsters the that are trying to destroy they Earth. Can, they can only appear in a quarry outside of the city. They destroy an entire downtown of unpopulated buildings. They rebuild that area. No one moves in, and no one suspects that five monochromatically dressed teenagers wearing the same colors <laughs> as those sociopathic c- colored costume criminals who go to the same juice bar every show, look at the TV and go, wow, that happened and we weren't there for any of it. We were hiding. They fell for it again. <laughs> what happened to Ernie at the juice bar? They wrote him out halfway through the first season. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even remember Ernie at the juice bar. Ernie was a true American hero. He was, he was like the Louie from Tailspin. He just owned the juice bar, and his job was to say, here are those kids who are not the Power Rangers, everybody. How about some juice? Carl, he got crushed inside a paper mache building. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the they one didn't air casualty. That from it was too dramatic. Good. Uh, real quick side note, Bulk and Skull wrestled as a tag team once in Philadelphia. <laughs> did, you, did you ref it? No, I did not, but I was very upset I missed it. <laughs> I believe they lost. We're driving people out of the panel. We had the Mechaneticon. They were, they were How very How dare you people. talk about Godzilla and the Power Rangers negatively? <laughs> <laughs> At an anime convention of all places. So when you're privileged. Yeah. <laughs> so much privilege. Uh, so uh, we like to geek out on the show. We can do that part of the show now. Uh, so I want to ask you, Carl, have you been uh, watching, reading, or playing anything that's really captured your eye? Maria Bamford has just launched something on Netflix, and it is breaking down postmodernism itself. It is it is the world as explained through Maria Bamford's severe crippling anxieties and and multiple mental illnesses, and it's beautiful. Half the time it'll cut away, and now the actors are replaced by sheep, but it's really inconsistently done. It's beautiful. I, I need my actors replaced by sheep to happen consistently. <laughs> there, there's either that or uh, Catherine and I just fell onto the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure bandwagon, and that's it. that bites you hard, man. It's hard to come out of that. It's hard to look at regular anime because no one is striking these insane poses like someone took a model and one of those um, wooden dolls that are, that are suspended. They have like the 18 ball joints and just threw it into a dishwasher and then put a stupid wig on it, put Savage Garden playing in the background and said, I will draw this and you will be the main character. It will be great. <laughs> the colors and the Savage angles. Garden? What? <laughs> the ending theme to the new JoJo's is I Want You by Savage Garden. 
Oh, what? Chicken Cherry Cola. Oh, you don't know the lyrics? Every time I see your face, I just close my eyes and I am taken to a place where crystal mines are gentle Guys, all I'm hearing is... Chicken Cherry Cola. Chicken Cherry Cola. The last time I heard them, Rosie O'Donnell was hosting the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. There was a Nickelodeon network. Oh, God, I feel so old right now. <laughs> My sister got slimed on that, by the way. Really? Like, I just... The, the great part about having older siblings is every six months or so, you can contact them just to validate what you think was a dream and what was a sincerely traumatizing childhood memory. So I texted her saying, "Do you were we in Universal Studios? Did you get slimed? Did you get selected for... Yeah, I did. Why did that happen? <laughs> she had blocked it out of her brain you and you brought it back up. Oh, I did. <laughs> Universal Studios used to have a place where you could look into the set of uh, Clarissa Explains It All, which was really the Daria of its time. Daria being the Gilmore Girls of its time. Gilmore Girls being the girls of its time. So we've gone four We're eventually going to make a time. reference that people get. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. It was the Golden Girls before. So. It was the Charlie Chaplin of its time. You could time. see all these sets. This was a time when Nickelodeon had live kids on television just having a blast. They weren't these plastic automatons that the Disney Network tells you, these are not actors. And they already have the jazz hands ready, and they're like five because the soul's just been sucked out of them. They're like third generation Long Island trained for this. They're, they're more inbred than a cock a doodle puggle. I didn't... Why are we going so hard at Nickelodeon right now? <laughs> no, Nickelodeon Is this because they slimed your sister? Is that why you're this angry? <laughs> no, that's why I... And another thing! <laughs> they would have game shows with real kids having a blast. They had Wild and Crazy Kids. They had um, Salute to Shorts. They would have these fun sitcoms featuring kids getting into situations that kids could get into. Or they would just have a random candid kid run through Toys R Us and just buy whatever he could in five minutes. Yep. Yeah. It was a, it was <laughs> a network for kids. He didn't get him as a prize. Kids. He had to buy him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You filled it up. That's going to be $600. <laughs> have fun with Aww. that because that's a million in today's money. <laughs> 90s inflation. But my, but my sister and I, we went to Universal Studios, and she went through. She got to taste the, the earwax slime that Mark Summers would use in uh, Family Double Dare. It was, it was, it was basically this, this really thick caramel with extra cornstarch, and the slime itself was pineapple chunk and some kind of like, like a powdered tang mix. It was completely edible. It was com- yes, it was, everything was always edible in Nickelodeon yeah. because people open their because mouths. Because kids, yeah. everything ends up in their mouth. Yeah. You can't stop Just don't this. paint on them. A couple them. of kids oh, no. took a bite out of Mark Summers one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was He's a, made of nougat. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great physical challenge. <laughs> but every now and then, like, I'll call her and just, and just veridate certain um, traumatic memories we had. So I grew up on a 150-acre paintball range in the Poconos. Called Wolf Slayer. My father had a paintball range, and it was called wow, Wolf Slayer. Really? And you had to live on it because there were wolves. So when I moved to to uh, a Dykeman in Manhattan, I was already used to getting shot at because I'd grown up on a paintball range. We had we had animals that were, and we weren't playing either. We were just the owner's kids trying to get away from where the games were happening because you had a three second countdown, a horn would blare, and then you'd know, oh, we need to go inside. Uh, the Hunger Games has started now. <laughs> yeah, we were ready. No for one that. gets that reference yet. I know. <laughs> Give it time. But there were there were animals that lived on and near the house because that's where people gathered and had food and through the scraps. There was this turkey named Tom, and I don't know if you know this about creative. Turkeys. They are bulletproof. They're certainly paintball proof, but this thing had such a bad attitude, it would walk casually in the middle of fields, and people just thought, oh, live moving target, boom, 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 boom. Tom tackled 
the patrons. Tom tackled the owners. Tom harassed my father for years. And we would look out the window, and he would be assaulting the back patio where our pool was. This turkey covered in neon pink and green and yellow, it looked like the aftermath of the rave. Like... (laughs) It looked like it looked like an early Tim Burton film. This terrorizing turkey, multicolored, like bleeding neon pink, charging my father. There were times we had to run out to like get my dad, but Tom would be waiting for us. So I have memories of running for the pickup truck, jumping into the back bend because the turkey couldn't jump. It weighed fifty pounds. It couldn't jump into the back, but I would just hear ah, peck, 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 peck. On the side of the pickup truck, trying to yell for my father, Dad, Dad. How do you turn on the microwave for fish sticks? <laughs> <laughs> there were no cell phones. This you was the late sticky. 80s. We're microwaving fish sticks, you animal. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta low and slow those guys in an oven. Yeah. It's a classy we didn't food. Know this. I had three of them. It's not a Pop Tart. <laughs> Why are you microwaving Pop Tarts? Put them in a toaster. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Tom destroyed the toaster. I hope that turkey comes after you now. <laughs> And I call my sister, and, and she has vivid memories of Tom the turkey <laughs> because she would shove me outside and wait for Tom the turkey. Why do you That's call your sister up and you're just like, remember the time a turkey assaulted <laughs> you? Remember when you got slimed? Goodbye. <laughs> I have very vivid dreams that I don't know. Wh- I don't know how much of it is canon. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that there's also times when you call and you're like, remember that time we went into space? No? no. Dream. <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> Space camp, no. You'd be amazed. <laughs> did I bone Chris Evans? No. <laughs> I Well, one sister did make out with uh, Billy Idol. Oh, hey. Oh, wow. Like three women in the audience just, yes, go on. Are interested in the story, but no, good on, good on her. <laughs> no, I guess we're not getting the story. I was invested. He wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't. We ke- she kept the voicemail in her phone from the next morning. So she's played it to everybody. Hey, it's Billy Idol. We made out last night. Goodbye. I just <laughs> no, imagine. Did we make out last night? That was, that we was, did? All right. Australian accent. Not no, a dream. It was... It was um, uh, good morning, Christiana. Uh, the, um, this is Billy Idol. Um, um, just wanted to let you know I had a, a wonderful smashing time last night. Um, I, I'm, I'm flying back to London on, on Tuesday. Um, but if you wanted to get together, you have my uh, uh, agent's number. Um, th- uh, thank you for so, so much. Uh, uh, cheers. Uh, sorry about the whatever. Hang up. Which means we all ask, what whatever? <laughs> <laughs> She's never told us. That, that is, like, the idea that Billy Idol like, woke up and was like, oh, I made out with that girl. I should give her a call. I should <laughs> thank her. That would be her. rude. <laughs> I should thank her. In, unless, like, she's the one that got away to him. <laughs> it's just like, the, the runaway yeah. bride. <laughs> I need a tattoo on my chest. Make it say Uncle Yo's sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know about her. <laughs> she has a name, I'm told. <laughs> one day I'll learn it. <laughs> This is a really long tattoo. It's like taking my diction. This is a fast tattoo artist, too. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Yo's sister. All right. Oh, now you're going to call. The Castle of Ugg. <laughs> no, no. That goes down on the thigh. No, no. That goes down on the thigh. Ugg, ugg, ugg. I'm dying. I'm dying, you idiot. <laughs> Dinosaurs? Yes. ABC? No. Jim Henson? Live sitcom? No. All right. Moving on. Yeah. It was a highlight of TGIF. Yeah. Let's talk about more obscure 90s yeah. shows. I can't. Do you guys remember You Wish? <laughs> 
<laughs> the TGIF show about a genie? No. There was there was a point after Steve Urkel learned time travel. TGIF went downhill <laughs> because every sitcom had something magical to it. Like Sabrina the Teenage Witch caught up because they said we've got less of a budget for special effects than the original Bewitched. Let's have every show have something special. So there was a sitcom where a genie lived with a, a woman and her kids in a really brightly lit house, and then there was a Guardian a- Teen Angel, Teen Angel, Teen Angel, where mm-hmm. the angel was haunting his best friend, not like a ghost at all, like an angel. <laughs> Episode where every they went back in t- where they still time traveled. They went back in time and everyone started eating the 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 falafel or hot dog that yeah. he choked on. Yeah, the and the, killed him. the plot of Teen Angel was there was a really really old hamburger under this kid's bed and he dared his friend to eat it and he died in his room. It was TGIF. We didn't know any better. And then there was like he spent a year like super depressed, and then one day his best friend is back and he's just like, "Hey, I'm going to be your guardian angel now, even though you murdered me." <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to call Carl's sister tomorrow and be like, was this a show? <laughs> I don't think this there's is a, a sit- show. There's a sitcom called My Sister Made Out with a 70s pop star. <laughs> and he's like, he's still hanging around. The money's, run, the money's run out. He can't get a regular job because he spends too much money on hair and tight plastic pants. <laughs> That's what they wear, right? No, he's, still, he's still doing that. <laughs> I met Billy Idol like five years ago. Nice. Way less coherent than your story. He's coming to the show. Yeah, see, my accent was pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> hey, did I call you the other day and pretend to be uh, Billy Idol? <laughs> Actually, Billy Idol, that doesn't seem likely. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, God, I'm so tired. <laughs> you're, you're doing great. I was about to start a sentence, and then it was just gone from my brain forever. Guys, uh, so guys, Charles Dunbar's not coming. <laughs> oh, Charles Dunbar, yeah. Our, was, which will mean that this is the first time that he he's not interrupted one of our panels at a convention. <laughs> if you guys know, Charles Dunbar is the history of anime guy, uh, guy that does conventions. And he's consistently run into one of our panels and we're like, hey, I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, I, to... To uh, to spring off of the theme that we're taking place in Atlantic City, where everybody it's is not a, a theme, every fact. where everybody is a winner so long as they get out. Um, mm-hmm. During opening ceremonies, I taped a bunch of coupons from artist alleys and dealers' room under people's seats. So someone got a ten dollar coupon off at Athena's Wing. Someone got a free print from Gay Breakfast, where we're, uh, my artwork is is well, my friend's artwork is being sold. I gay breakfast, gay breakfast. Well, well gay brunch nice was redundant. And also already taken, so okay. so, it, so uh, we're doing the Steven Universe panel later on. So we got so there was a coupon for that, and then some of the coupons I did not pass by the guests. Like one of them was an evil laugh from Richard Epcar. One of them was a baneful stare from Todd Habercorn. One of them was a g- free ghost story from Charles Dunbar. No one found those note cards. I'm waiting for the special person to give those amazing coupons out. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably see if the guests are okay with me doing that because I think I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah, that's anytime I host an opening ceremony. That's a great idea. And, and, Someone and, just starts stockpiling baneful glares from Todd Habercorn, mm, cashes them in. Just for an hour. <laughs> really? You have so many of these. <laughs> really? Another? This mm, one's photocopied. Real, this is Counterfeit fake. stares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your whole economy's going to fall apart. <laughs> yeah, we, we were doing a, a belly dance show. 
Uh, we we were hosting, believe it or not. We were not t- we were not dancers. No, we danced a little. Deep. We did, yeah, at the end. But uh, and uh, in the middle of it, Charles Dunbar came in and told a story. No, and no. then he came in. He said, "This mf'er looks like Theon Greyjoy. He knows who I am. We're friends." <laughs> then he turned and saw the audience and went, "Hey, are you guys doing something?" No, no. He told the story oh, first. Oh, he tell the story first. And then and then he was like, "Are you guys in the middle of something?" We're like, "Yeah, it's a belly dance show." Oh, all right. So anyway, in the story, <laughs> I was like, "All right, unfazed." Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of the hit and run style that he has. If you don't, if you don't schedule, if you don't schedule him straight block throughout the weekend, he'll keep going. I, there, there have been so many conversations with with him in coffee houses. I have no voice. I've been doing eight straight weekends. You should stop talking. No, yeah. no. But at the last, I got three more cons. I got just. This is a self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> Try shutting up. I don't know. I can't. It hurts. <laughs> I love him, and I will. I will have him. I will always have him on to talk anything. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. somehow he knows a little about everything. Yes, he does. Just, just name a war in history. He's got something ready for it. <laughs> name a color. He's got something for it. Name. So Charles mispronounce a myth. <laughs> He's heard the pronunciation from another myth. He's got it. He has a two and a half hour long Kill la Kill panel where the first season of Kill la Kill oh is God. just reimagined. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's our effort. That's what oh I'm starting. I've seen it three times because it's so engaging. The first season, according to him, is a retelling of classic Shinto and uh, demon mythology. The second season of Kill la Kill is allegorical for the Japanese Reformation. And he's got a lot of compelling arguments for it. So he had a couple of fan arts that his um, uh, that his girlfriend had drawn. He shows it to Trigger. So in Kill a Kill, one of the characters, um, Satsuki, sh- uh, she stamps on her foot. It's part of her intro montage. She s- clicks her high heel. The sun appears behind her, and she starts commanding, holding a sword. She's got this really intense school uniform on. In his interpretation, that means she commands the sun. Oh, like the Japanese goddess Amaterasu. Draws her as Amaterasu, hands it to Trigger Studios. The guys who wrote and created the show, their jaws drop and they go, Sasuke Taratsu. Oh. So Charles <laughs> tells them in like 10 minutes what he thinks the show's about. And they look at the translator. They, they huddle for a moment, terrified, like, he's cracked the <laughs> Retreat! <code>. He's got <laughs> the siphon. He's got the siphon. And their tra- the translator turns back and says, they had no idea but they'd like to take credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens they, when they sometimes like we, to, can read, do, we can read in and give them way more credit. Do you have any more theories for yeah. next season? Yeah, what do you think is happening? I'm amazed. This is Trigger's third year at Anime Next. Oh, really? Yeah, they were, I think, supposed to be in this room. Yeah. Probably. Screw them. Oh, but we have one minute. Is that what you're telling us? Aww. But then I realized time still continues. (laughs) I guess that means we're not going to have time to play a game. We usually play a game at the end of these podcasts. I should have talked about the turkey and Billy Idol. No, no, that was all gold. That was absolutely gold. And I blame Godzilla for dragging on. Uh, So, since we got to get out of here, anything you would like to plug there, Carl? I I mean... uh, Oh, yo! Damn it! (laughs) We're casual. It's fine. You're you're in my damn wedding. That is true. That is true. You and the other officiates will be will be fighting in an outdoor inflatable obstacle course over the right to marry Catherine and I. This is a hundred percent true. 
and I'm going to destroy Charles Dunbar. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, 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 the the podcast is called the Tombstone Kings and Queens. You can find it out on uh, my YouTube channel www.uncleyo.youtube.com/slash/uncleyo uh, or uncleyo.com. You can follow me and Thrack the Cyclops on Twitter. And as always, it's such a pleasure to be on your show. Guys. It is so great to see you, dude. Just talk obscure nerdy things. With yes, you. we'll have to, to do validate it. the horrors of watching television in the nineties. <laughs> Remember <laughs> yeah. that show? Did that happen? Yeah, that happened. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Did they kill off? Did they kill off Cuba in one episode? Was there was there an animated series where kids had a talking uh, Rubik's cube? Yes, Rubik's. Yes, it was Rubik's. Okay, see validation of yes, trauma. Yeah. Now you can call Noah. Outer space koalas. That was a real one, right? They become T Rex. There was a there was a five brother combination. They were superheroes, and they were also in a dinosaur centric nineteen twenties world. <laughs> Fish City starring John Ritter. It keeps going. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we got to get out of here. Uh, if you guys are in the in, in the area, uh, we record this podcast every Monday at Nerdvana, uh, which is a fantastic gaming store. So please stop by, say hi, and we'll actually play games and give out prizes that time. Uh, and uh, as always, uh, we would like to thank Ben Affleck for making the show possible and running over Will with a forklift. And thanks you to Anime Next for letting us do this here. This has been the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we were trying. Uh, we had a panel. It was very small. We we knew we'd have a big draw. So we were trying to find another room. There was a couple rooms. They on the thought schedule they could find a room <laughs> that were open. And so we went to your sister. We're like, "Hey, can we?" Move? And the staff was great. They're like, "Yeah, if it's empty." And we spent half an hour running from room to room with guidebook, just constantly updating. Like, no, it filled up. Next room, we gotta go, go, the go. Guidebook no, it changed disagreed. Yet. Who is updating this thing? A nerd convention gone awry. I think we, we, it's just running itself now. A it's just changing panels as it sees fit. An app becomes self-aware. Yeah. An army of nerds trapped by their phones. Yeah, we, we felt like the guy in the van during a heist movie. It's like, I need more time! <laughs> it's the system! And three fan panelists, written out of their own schedule, are taking the nerddom back. Next summer, Guidebook. Because what Guidebook does is it becomes self-aware, and it takes over the self-automating doors, and it takes over the lights, and it locks all the voice actors and all their fans into one room. This is clearly prime breeding material. You have the most well-attended panels. You must be protected. You must be preserved. But I'm from the West Coast. I'm so tired. It's chilly and, in here. And cold. I need kale. And suddenly... <laughs> And it's up to the three fan panelists. Guys, you don't understand. We used to go to this con when we were kids. We used to staff this con when we were awkward teenagers. We did panels when we were awkward 20-year-olds. I know how to rescue the voice actors. So we... we, So it, it ends up being us opening the door, the manual exit door, by... Pushing the bar and running through the running through the, the the back areas of the of the convention where there's just all this bored Hispanic hotel staff and like there's coffee and all the chairs and tables are piled up. We know how to save them. Just open the door and guidebook goes no. <laughs> updating, updating. Guys, look up from your phones. I don't know how Put your phones away like in Guy your pocket. Guidebook has become self-aware. I better live stream it then. <laughs> <laughs> this is like three people who are like who are compulsively just twitching them at the show. <laughs> Put it away. They look around. <gasps> it's full of nerds. <laughs> we can talk about stuff we like. Mm, screw it. Let me just go back to Instagram. Let me tweet this. <laughs> and they're free. And we open the doors and everyone goes out and we have a panel on the beach. 
And then guidebook uh, updates. Beautiful sunset. <laughs> guidebook updates that guidebook has been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> also, your voice actor impression, spot on Steve Blum. <laughs> Next summer, guidebook. Um, orange shirt staff are coming up here to kick us out. 